Greetings from Shattern State College, and welcome to this episode of the Farcast. We're joined today by Karen Pope, the Director of Alumni and Development at Shattern State College. Karen actually works for the Shattern State Foundation, and the office is located on the campus of Shattern State College. I'm Alex Helmbrecht, and I'm joined today by Daniel Binkard. We are both of College Relations. Uh, Karen, thanks for joining us today. really appreciate having you here. Uh, Daniel and I have always worked with you uh, on a variety of projects, and so it's really kind of fun to get a chance to talk to you a little bit more. Uh, first off, how long have you worked at Shatter State? And tell us a little bit more about what you do. Well, I'm kind of shocked to say I have worked here for 25 years. I started in the spring of 1995. When I first joined the college, I was an office assistant in the alumni and foundation offices, and I took the position of alumni director and development director in 2001. And what do I do? You know, it's an interesting job when you work with alumni because really you're responding to what their needs are, and they vary so greatly. I think the obvious things people see from our office are reunions and gatherings and opportunities to get people together who have graduated from Shadron State. But it's kind of fascinating in a given week the different requests that people have, and it changes. It's really not very consistent. Yeah, I, I think people have a tendency to maybe view all of those public, those external events, like you mentioned the gatherings or different things like that. But there's probably a lot of things that happen behind the scenes in dealing with alumni. What are some of those? Well, we get called often for people just either trying to reconnect with someone or not sure who on campus to contact with needs they need from Shattern State College. And the line I always like to tell people is that we really do try to be their lifelong connection back to the college. So whatever requests they have, we try to respond in a way that gets them the answer they need. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We get people, I mean, they might call to find out if we have a yearbook that they can scan photos of of a family member. We get that often from children of alumni. We get people who just don't remember a roommate's contact information. We get people who have lost track of a faculty member and want to know if they're still here on campus, or do we have contact information for them if they've retired? It's it's kind of all over the board. Hmm. Interesting. What's the standard style for giving information? I assume just like a hotel, you're not going to tell them what room they're staying in. You're not going <laughs> to give out the, here's their personal address, right? Well, the policy of our office is we will only release alumni information to fellow alumni. Okay. A story I often tell, I had not been the alumni director for very long, but we had a phone call one day. Someone was looking for a student who had graduated a couple of years before, and we knew this person was not an alumni of the college. We knew it was a business that yep. was looking for this person. And so we told them we couldn't release the information, but I would be happy to let this alumnus know that they were looking for him. Well, he called us later, and it was actually a company he had applied to when he first graduated from Shattern State, where he really wanted to work. And right. at that point, he didn't have experience. And they came back looking for him and didn't have any contact information other than they knew he went to school at Shattern State. And this young man let us know that he was taking a job with them. And I thought that was kind of a yeah. really neat full circle yeah. 
way of handling, not releasing their information, but helping make contact for them. Yeah, it is a good connection. Yeah, so. so you are an alum of CSC, I right? Am. I am. How does that factor into the work you do? Or how does it... Uh... You know, it's interesting. I've thought about this many times in... Like when we go to conferences and we're around a lot of other people that work in our field, yeah. I run into a lot of people who are alumni directors related in some way to the alumni office that are not graduates of that institution. Yeah. And I think, you know, the skill set and the and the background you need, you can learn that. I mean, if you care about the institution and sure. you're willing to put in the time, I think the difference when you are an alum yourself is you have that shared experience. You know, when, when people across generations talk to me about things, it may not be when I was there, but there's so many similarities in experiences that we share when we come to school at Shattern State. And I think we share the same sentiment, yeah. sentimentality about being a graduate of this place sure. that I think is really valuable. And I do think alumni relate back to that because they are, you know, they always ask me, when were you there? Yeah. You know, what were, what was it like when you were there? So It feels like those little tidbits of information or the shared culture is more likely to show itself, mm -hmm. right? I think it just resonates across. And, and things I can tell them about my time yeah. relate to them in a similar way. Yeah. So. You mentioned experiences, and those kind of manifest themselves as, as traditions. What are some of the traditions <laughs> that, you, that you've learned about in your role? You know, there's some of the obvious traditions that I think I – kind of knew about, but I learned more about in working in the office. And that is probably things like Sea Hill. You know, I mean, that was always a visible thing when I went to school here, but I never really thought about it. And when I started working in the office and learned the history about, you know, this math professor and his son, yeah. how they went up and laid sheets on the hill and went, you know, away to the north part of town to make sure it was big enough to yeah. learn that I guess you relate a little to the actual person that made something like that happen. And the story of why we're called the eagles, you know, that a young, a young boy and there was an eagle flying on the campus and gave us our mascot. Yeah. I think one interesting one is I always had heard a lot when I came to school. I came here in the late 70s, but I'd always heard stories about the phantom. You know, and the phantom is this mystical, I don't know, I don't even remember, it's in the 60s sometime. Mm -hmm. But as the years went by and I worked in this office and met lots of people, I actually met the person who was the phantom. The and I thought that phantom. was pretty nice. Neat. Yeah. yeah, the real thing. And it was fun then as time went by to meet friends of the phantom who then would want to reenact and... and bring that legend back to life on our campus. And I don't think we could get away with it now. Yeah, no. <laughs> it kind no. Of, uh, it's positive stories about the Phantom, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. looking in windows, was he? <laughs> well, I... Th I don't really a legend. Know. No, I think no, of course not. The, so for those of you who are listening and, and uh, who aren't aware of the, the story of the Phantom, uh, it's basically a group of friends, I think, kind of spearheaded by, by one person uh, who dressed up like a... A phantom, yeah. basically. He wore a trench yeah, coat. wore a trench coat and uh, like a white sheet oh, with white elastic. Gloves. Yeah, with uh, sunglasses. Bandage around and, his head. And yeah. Um, I always had a hat. 
There's some photos online yeah. of 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 the of the character, but kind of uh, slunk around campus and scared some co-eds, I think. We might have to get, we, we have to get Con in here one of these days. Yeah. 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 Us about it. Well, because it was always like the sighting. Right. Like big, it's it our wasn't a consistent and you knew where it was going to happen. It yeah. Was, but it would probably in today's, I know, <laughs> you know, 2019, it probably <laughs> would be frowned upon a little bit because uh, he kind of yeah. maybe had some creepy tendencies. I but. suppose so. <laughs> Stalking is not... Popular right now. So. No, or, <laughs> or peering in windows. Yeah, no. yeah. But uh, the Phantom was full disclosure. Was uh, never got in trouble for anything, no. and I think was told didn't break any rules. I don't. Yeah, think. I was told kindly to just maybe quit being yeah. that character. So, and yeah. then it went away. And but I it reappeared think, during the Centennial. Parade. Right during the Centennial, <laughs> we had the Phantom back. You know, and one of my favorite, partly because, as a little girl, my I had some older siblings who attended Shadron State. And my sister came to Shattern State in the time of the beanies. Yeah. And, you know, I love the old photos in the yearbooks, mm-hmm. but I remember her having to memorize this little jingle that, you you know, you had to recite if an upperclassman told you to, as a freshman, that you had to honor their upperclassman <laughs> status by reciting a and, little and jingle. What would happen if you didn't? Well, I don't know. My sister must have been a rule follower. She just oh, yeah. recited Good. this. <laughs> but I hear a lot of people when we're out doing reunions talk about that, you know, the years of the beanie and the yeah. – it was just part of kind of orientation and coming to college in those years, which, again, we couldn't do now, mm-hmm. I don't think. And I, I think some of the, the – to me, the neat thing about traditions is they kind of change based on the generation of students yeah. that, that goes through. So a lot of the traditions – that you talk about or that Daniel and I experienced when we were students aren't necessarily traditions now, but they're, yeah. they're kind of spoken of. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I think there's kind of a misconception that traditions need to be done every year at the same right. time, same day, same place. It needs and, to be organic. Yeah, and that's yes. not necessarily the case. And and so um, it's always good to see students who are at least active mm-hmm. and, and are I think engaged with their they campus. They find their own new connections and new things that attach them to the college. Yeah. And one of the things I always ask when it's a reunion group or just people back visiting campus is to ask about the time when they were here because every era has even where was the hangout on campus or where did you in the community get together? Mm-hmm. And it very much changes by decades. And and it's yeah. really fun when you hear them share with each other about the traditions and the important connections they made oh, when absolutely. they were here. It's a big oh, part of college. It is. I think that's a good segue into our next question, the hangouts on campus. Mm-hmm. And we've all worked in uh, one of my oh. favorite hangouts, the Klein Center. Uh, R.I.P. Finally demolished oh, around, no. was that 2010, 2011? After, it's after, a sad day watching it go down. It was. So the history of Klein, constructed in the early 60s, right? Um, and then foundation problems, uh, late 80s. One half of it was torn down, and then they finished it up uh, just as this decade commenced. So well, we all worked there at one point or another. Right. Um, right. What, what are some of your memories of that wonderful building? You know, it's interesting because I hadn't thought about it until you were describing the years of its its lifetime. Yeah. Because obviously when I came to college here, it was the student center. So I can remember I transferred here in mid-year, and... I remember being somewhat intimidated to walk into the 
Klein Center with all the glass windows across yeah. the dining room because, I mean, you did. Everybody watched you come walking in, and sure. it was a little intimidating when you were new on campus. And And I think everyone who went to school when I was here will talk about there became a big tradition of yeah. all the guys kind of sat on the closest tables and they held up cards when oh. female <laughs> students walked through. How rude. Oh, my. So it was a little intimidating. We're talking the, I, uh, like 10 out of 10 kind of thing? Yeah. It was, I think the movie 10 was popular then anyway. Oh, wow. So that that's one of my first memories of that building. But when I look at the years I've worked on campus, I love the years in that. Yeah. working in the Klein Center. Mm -hmm. But mostly I th when I think about it, it's the people I got to work with. Yeah, I think when I first took this job, that's where the alumni office was. And one of my first responsibilities was at that point, I was the layout design person for the alumni magazine, alumni newsletter at that point. Well, I had no training in graphic design or journalism. And I really had to count on the people in the building to help me. And at that point, Dwayne Jimison was in the print shop, and he was very generous at teaching me and sharing with me. And Levita Dickinson was there sure. with the Eagle newspaper, and she and her students were so valuable to me in trying to <laughs> teach yeah. and guide me mm -hmm. in what I was doing. I really enjoyed having that kind of camaraderie in the building. Yeah, that was my first interaction in that building was as a student. And Mine too. It, uh, we were both on the Eagle, Eagle. Yeah. those days. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and it was kind of weird to come back and work in that in environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What well, one thing you have to mention is how you used to get messages downstairs. <laughs> I, I know. I was just about to say, and then of course we had Con Marshall downstairs, and I look over the years. You know, Deb Holland was there, and then Justin Haig, mm -hmm. and then Alex obviously came. But at that point, communication was much different, and we had one fax machine in the building, and it was in Khan's office. So we were up two levels, and we devised a system where we had a string tied around the balcony in the, on the second floor outside right. of our office door with a string and a paper clip. And whenever we would get a fax, Khan would hang it on the string, and we would run it up and down. And if I had papers that he wanted to know if I could send to him, we put, we always said it's on the hook. Yeah. Put it on the hook. I actually thought of that this weekend. Um, this might make Daniel chuckle. Uh, there's a, a Breaking Bad movie on Netflix called El Camino, and they deliver a cigarette to this guy who's in That's this, right. <laughs> who's in a pit, and they put a string with a binder clip. In the, in there we go. I don't think anyone was... You know, trying to get <laughs> smokes to con, but no. it, it, uh, I was told to when I was hired in 2007 how to properly how, use that use and not hook. to misuse the yes, hook. Yes, we so. were not to take advantage of the hook. I suppose not. Floppy disks back and forth on that too, right? Oh, I yeah. seem to recall. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, there was One of my favorite spinoffs from that is when Justin, his son, when they bought a house that had a second story, he made a string and a hook and dropped dropped oh, it yeah. down the stairs. And I said, sure. we, we are teaching him correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, when, when you were here in school, what did you want to do after you graduated? And then talk a little bit about what you were involved with on campus. It's funny when I look back at my college years, because when I first graduated from high school, what I really wanted to do 
was to be an English teacher. I had an English teacher I very much admired in high school, and I thought I would like to either teach English or speech. Those were the things I really loved. And my first semester in college, I did not start at Shadron State, but my first semester in college, I came across a political science professor that really revved me up about everything in his department, and I changed my major to political science. Who was that? His name, this was at, I w- oh. yeah, I started at Nebraska Wesleyan. Okay. And he was a young professor then, and I think it's funny because later one of my sons went to school there and had the same professor. <laughs> oh, <course>. my gosh. <laughs> but great. anyway, when I decided I was going to transfer back to Shadron State, I had a political science major. And I did finish that here, but when I got to Shadron State, um, my brother, George Watson, was my advisor, and he really encouraged me to broaden that degree. And so I did um, take enough hours to complete a history major and and a social science major. So in those years of trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up, I had had met my future husband here, Andy Pope and I started dating, and I knew he was in education, and one of my early goals, I had thought I wanted to go to law school, but with his career goals pretty set, I knew that probably was not going to happen, so I completed an education degree, which was really valuable to me because we lived in several small communities in our early years of being married, so I... I had that education background to use in those communities until we came back to Shadron. Nobody says they're going to be a fundraiser when they grow up, so I suppose not. Yeah, yeah. so that part's <laughs> that part's not necessarily. But, but but I think that kind of speaks to no one knows what they're going to be when they're twenty yeah. years old, and and when you're in your career, you're not twenty, <laughs> you know? I know. And so, uh, yeah, give yourself a broad base, give yourself a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you did. I remember telling my children, I think basically because. My husband, from the time he was a little boy, knew he wanted to be a teacher. He knew that, and he didn't ever veer from that path. I went all over the place, and I told my kids that as long as you can be a learner, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You'll find something out there you love and just always be open to that journey of continually learning. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Yeah. so how has your impression of CSC changed over the years from growing up to, to being back here? That's a big evolution for me. I suppose so. You know, I grew up in Bridgeport, and so we came to Shattern State for everything. You know, came here for music days, for theater contests, for band day. for And, and because it was so close, I thought I never would want to come to school here. I felt like I knew it well, and... Um, that I wanted to fly somewhere else. Well, I think what happened to me is when I was a senior in high school, I have three older siblings. Two of the three had, my brother and brother-in-law had graduated from Shadron State, but they had made the decision they were coming to Shadron State to work on their graduate program the next year, and they were going to be residents, the parents in High Rise and Andrews. Okay. Well, then my brother, George, who was an attorney in Lincoln, took the job here with the Justice Studies program. So I was going to have all three siblings here. There was no way I was coming to Shattered State. And at that point, it wasn't that I felt like 
I've been here a lot. I knew it. It was more I needed to try and do something on my own. Yeah. Okay, so then when I did decide to transfer back, I had such a great experience here. I mean, my classes, my friends, the professors did so much for me. And I was always grateful that I had the opportunity to come back. When we both graduated, Andy took some teaching positions in other parts of the state. And when a position opened here at Shadron High School, he wanted to come back. And at that point, I was not sure about that choice. You know, when you know the community from the college perspective, I just wasn't sure about it. Well, I remember the day we came back to interview, and while he was doing that, I just spent some time in Shadron. I came, I came up on campus, but I tried to spend some time in the community. And I think it's pretty obvious we came back in 1984. I never thought we would be here that long, but it really, yeah. it was, it's our home. You know, I'm, my two younger children were born and raised here, so it's, it's been the place we know and love. Yeah. So, Karen, how has your job changed over the years? And then have alumni changed? Because you've been, you've been in it <laughs> enough that long enough to see maybe some changes. Yeah. You know, I thought about this idea of have alumni changed. I think what's changed would be the same answer in so many of our jobs. Technology has changed. Sure. You know, the ways we can contact and the ways people reach out to us has changed because of that. I don't know that I feel like things they need from us or things they request have changed as much as the methods. And there's also a different... The early years when I worked here, if people wanted to find someone or get in touch with someone, they really needed our help. Well, now you have Facebook and you have the internet and people can connect outside of us. So that is much different than it used to be. But I would say when I think about our alumni in general, I don't think I see a huge change in either their feelings about the college and in a way, the time it takes before you can reflect back and appreciate your alma mater, that really is a real thing. I mean, we have some young alums that just get out of here, and they love Shattern State, and they want every chance to tell us that. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it takes a few years to reflect and, and realize that the experiences they had here really did impact choices they made for their life. Yeah, well said. So. Good. What are some of your interests outside of the job here? <laughs> Spend a lot of time with with my family. I mean, I have I have three children and one grandchild, and I have lots of nieces and nephews. And I do I do commit a lot of time to to our family, and I love that. Um, my family are very big sports fans yeah. across the board, and so we do a lot of sports watch watching sports participation, following people around to their sporting events. But I love to read. I cook. And we have some cupcakes. (laughs) Tell us about the cupcakes. (laughs) This is a funny one because I hate to bake. I love to cook, and I've never enjoyed baking. And over the past five years or so, I've ended up in this cupcake world that I – I'd say it was self-imposed, <laughs> but... You're not atoning for something, are you? <laughs> I don't know. You know, 
I think it is kind of a throwback to my mother was an amazing cook. And growing up, she taught me a lot about cooking, but I also deferred to her to do a lot of the cooking. And so I think when I had my own home, finding my way and learning all of that, and I always tell people I'd rather cook five entrees than bake one thing, and here I am making cupcakes every month or something for someone, it seems like. But no, it's kind of fun. I think the thing I love about food is kind of what I love about work is that interaction you get to have with people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, and it seems like so many family traditions are just built around dinners and and cupcakes or or whatever. And so it's nice to just kind of get together and break some bread. It is. And I think it's funny because not all, but so many of our alumni events are, are based around it, yeah, meals or you know food snacks yeah it just seems to be a common bonding experience for people so well cupcakes aside I know you, <laughs> I know you mentioned sports mm-hmm. uh, your husband Andy who's now an activities director uh, but was a former coach and your youngest son will is a coach um, and there's always been that involvement mm-hmm. with with athletics how are you in the stands and, and is it hard to support? coaches when things don't go as well as they'd maybe hoped? Because that's a tough role. It is. And I think it's amazing at my age now and in the perspective I have, I wish I would have had when my kids were younger. Because when Andy was coaching, I mean, that's a whole different thing. I so admire coaching coaches and their families because unless you've been in that, it's hard to understand the pressure, even if it's you self-imposed, but but the uh, the stress and strain. I mean, you get to celebrate with them, but you have a lot of hard nights on games that didn't go right. And right. it's, yeah, it it's a hard thing to explain unless you've been in that life pattern. And then watching my own children grow up through sports, it's like I, I look at things and I try to remember what kind of parent I was. And you'd be better off asking my children, I'm sure. But um, I can remember getting so nervous for my kids to compete. And now I look back and I think, why? Mm-hmm. I, why couldn't I just sit back and enjoy watching them play? Which I did. I loved watching them compete. But I don't know why it made me nervous. I couldn't do anything about it. So, And it's been really good for me through the years, my children were all really involved in sports. And as they got older, especially once they got to college and done with college, when I look back and I think of the wonderful lessons they learned through sports, I really think that's the most valuable part. They learn teamwork. You learn, you know, how that adversity happens and how are you going to deal with it. But the part I think that was like a light coming on to me when they were done is that I loved the lessons they learned, but in the big perspective of their life, it wasn't as much of an influence as I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I mean, I think they loved those years, but it isn't what shaped them for their current lives. Sure. Which is interesting. And you know, and you're right, Will chose that field. And he loves the competition. He loves working with with kids. And I've enjoyed watching him in that role. But to me now, it is more just that this is part of life's journey that you're you're helping those 
students you coach oh, that's great. achieve. So. Well, Karen, before we let you get out of here, we have yeah. a segment that's our final segment. We like to call it the quick hitting questions. Yeah. Uh, so there's just five, and then the first thing that comes to your mind, you go ahead and say it. So I'll go ahead and begin. Karen, what's a favorite movie of yours? Or you could say favorite book, since you just admitted to being a reading fan. Oh, I don't think I could pick one book. I think it's hard to pick one favorite of anything. It is. That's why we say a favorite. A favorite. Yeah. Okay, a favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A favorite movie that I will watch anytime I even catch the rerun on TV is The, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I'm yeah. the same way. I love that yeah. movie. I just think it's well acted and the message is never going to change. Yep. You bet. Yeah. First concert you attended. Hmm. I went to a couple little minor concerts growing up in Bridgeport. But the first, I would say my first true concert was at Mile High Stadium. It was the Beach Boys, but the intro act back when they were not famous was Fleetwood Mac. And they oh, became probably wow. probably my favorite band of my youth and through college. And that's the first time I saw them. Was that, that. That's the best one we've heard I yet. Like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. It was, yeah, I saw Two them several times after that. But yeah, they were just a lead-in band for yeah. that concert. That's cool. Very nice. Yeah. So if Shattern State College wasn't the name, what would you name the college? Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I, I don't know. I can't imagine it with a different name. Yeah, we, we, we looked through some old uh, catalogs a few months ago, and Robert Elliott, um, pre-Depression era, kept referring it to Northwest Nebraska Normal, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, you know, you yeah. look at all the different names we've had. Yeah. You know, we were Normal. We were Shadron State Teachers College. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. You know, when you go through old yearbooks and there's beanies with an N on it for Normal. Yep. And then yep. there's ones with the T. for T. I don't know. For me, it needs the word Shadron in there because that's how I think of it. Sure. And we need a word for people to mispronounce, too. <laughs> yeah. Chadron. Chadron. Yeah. You know, it's funny in our office, when we work with any outside, I always send them the pronunciation. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you contact anyone and you don't say it right, they're going to know right. that you don't know the college. Yep. Yeah. So for everyone, that's Chadron. <laughs> Chadron. Um, how many times have you been up to the top of Sea Hill here in Chadron? Oh, boy. I would say, I'm going to guess and say probably 20, 25. You know, it's so funny to me now because it's easy to get to the top of Sea Hill. It is. When when I was in school and when we first moved back and our kids were little, that was a long hike and it was a big (laughs) deal to climb up there. But now I feel like it's... Yeah, it's just an offshoot yeah, of the trail. It got yeah. us halfway up on the on Yeah, the I guess that and, sidewalk that crosses east-west in front of it, it does psychologically... Makes you feel close. Yeah. We used to do a lot of sledding on both the hills back oh, here, sure. you know, towards the King's Chair and mm-hmm. Sea Hill. Yeah. Uh, Many an the... injury on, on the sledding. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you, how much do you miss the trees from Sea Hill since the 2006 fire? It does look quite different. <laughs> but I think I've kind of gotten used to it. And again, I had a older alum tell me to go back and look at some early pictures of Shadron State College, probably when it was the normal school and there weren't yeah, trees. Right. So it's That's kind of true. just been an evolution of them being here and not. On the older pictures that I see uh, of it, you can almost see the sea better now. Yeah, yeah it, it you stands can. out a little bit more. Yeah. I, 
you know, Karen, I think you're right. You do get used to it. I, I, I kind of hate that I've gotten used to it without the trees. You Same know what was interesting? Park. So at homecoming, we had there was a reunion group that came back from from the 70s, yeah. and a number of them had not been here since they graduated. And it was a big topic of conversation. And I was surprised because I don't think of it now. Right. And it made me really look at the hill again. And yeah, because they were all very sentimental about the difference in how it looked. Yeah. So. Yeah, from our perspective, we would we would use it quite a bit before 2006 as a backdrop for promotional photos, <laughs> right. and it it really changed since then. Uh, so yeah, just. And yeah. then having that perspective from the alumni from all the different years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Karen, last one. What is the first word that comes to your mind when you think of Shattern State? People. It's always about the people. When I go out and I get to talk to alumni from every different era, it's always a person here or a number of people here that made a difference to them. And it can can be the friends they've made, they've held for a lifetime. But most often, it's a faculty or staff person that they really associate with their time here. Oh, We're great. lucky that we have great people here. We do. We yeah. really do. And you're one of them. And yes. thank you for, for taking the time today. And You're welcome. Thank you for inviting you me. Yeah, thank and you. thanks for the cupcakes. You're welcome. Yeah, Enjoy. <laughs>